0: Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word.
1: My hope here today, because you have incredible teaching, you have an incredible staff of pastors, I just want to bring something to remembrance. You know, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter oftentimes would tell the church, you know, remind them. Or Peter would say, I have no problem reminding you. So, um, it's nothing new here. I'm just going to remind you of some of the wonderful things that we all need to know about. Uh, the Bible talks about when Paul wrote to Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. He wrote in his first letter, he told Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely. And what impresses me about that is the sequence of things. Life comes before doctrine, and we need good doctrine. And I know you get good doctrine here. And oftentimes, we can very focus very much on doctrine, but what precedes doctrine is our life, because you can know doctrine, but if your life doesn't align up with the doctrine, well, then there's something hypocritical about that. And so Paul wanted to make sure that, uh, that they understood that they had to worry about their conduct, their behavior. In fact, when Paul was talking to the elders at Ephesus in the book of Acts, he said, watch over yourselves and the flock, but yourselves came first. And... Uh, Now, you can tell people what to do, but when people see your life, they want to imitate you. So um, that's what I want to talk about. For the last, I don't know, 20 minutes, I wasn't watching the clock, and the choir, and musicians, and technicians, come on. Come on. For about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, uh, the room is filled with men and women, different ages, uh, different uh, denominations, maybe, or maybe different cultural upbringings. And and the room, you felt life in the room. You felt God's presence. Uh, There was a joy in the room, at least I I felt, and my my smile was from ear to ear because of all that's going on. It's because we were expressing things that that were healthy, things that were beneficial, telling God that we love him, talking about the wonderful things about God. And so we filled the atmosphere with praise and worship, and there was life in the room. Now, we could have taken the same room with the same amount of time, with the same amount of people, And if we would have said things that weren't beneficial or uplifting, there wouldn't have been life. There'd be death. And uh, I want to remind us that words matter. Words matter. Um, If you were watching some of the trial with uh, Bill Cosby, his defense team was uh, questioned about why they're being so articulate. And the lead defense lawyer says, because words matter. Words matter. When when uh, James Connolly was before the Senate committee about uh, the former FBI director, uh, he was being very articulate, and somebody questioned him. He goes, "Words matter. Words matter." And I want to remind you how important that is in our homes, in our ministries. We choose t- to either build up or tear down. We choose to encourage or discourage. We choose to bless or destroy. To do good or to do harm. Proverbs says in 1821, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue. You ever notice when you go to the doctor and you go for a physical, one of the first things he does is check your tongue. <laughs> no, but I got a pain in my elbow. Yeah, but stick out your tongue. I want to know what's going on. Because he, the doctor, the good doctor, can determine the condition of our health by what our tongue looks like. And I think there's a spiritual correlation. I, I, I think a person can, can determine the spiritual condition of someone by the way they use their tongue, by the condition of their tongue. And um, God's presence, we, we, we I want to say this carefully, but we engineered the atmosphere here, and God's presence came. The Bible tells us in Psalm 22:3 that God inhabits, he enthrones himself, he visits, he resides in the praises of, of his people. So we were speaking things that there was life, and so God was there. But um, when we choose not to speak those things, well... I think it's safe enough to say, well, then God removes him from the atmosphere. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to the believers in Ephesus. He writes this in the fourth chapter. He says, do not, so it's intentional on me, do not let any unwholesome talk. Well, what's unwholesome? Well, anything that's not wholesome. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. The message translation says, do not let any foul or dirty talk. Uh, The New Living says, do not allow any abusive talk. NCV says do not allow any hurtful talk. And the Amplified says do not allow any evil, polluted, or worthless talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up that it might benefit those who listen. So the Bible is telling me, telling us, that I have to be very intentional about how I speak and to make sure that my words are building up and, and helping someone as opposed to Hurting them or tearing them down. And here's the part that really got my attention, because the very next verse, Ephesians 4:30, has an and, so that means 29 and 30 is connected, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So maybe this is a stretch, but in my opinion, when I speak things that are not wholesome, I grieve the Holy Spirit. And where there's no Holy Spirit, there's no life. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm just talking about having the presence of God reside in your home, in your ministry, in your life, in your car, at work, wherever it might be. That the words that we choose will either cause God to inhabit that atmosphere or we end up grieving him. And maybe, maybe, in my opinion, it might be why Christians, some Christians, don't see the abundant life that Jesus talked about in John 10.10. They're Christians, but because they're not intentional about using their tongue or their words in a careful way, um, you know, the absence of the presence of God is not there. And so they don't see all that God really wanted them to be. And whether they're talking about an employer or an employee, whether they're talking about someone in their class or someone on their job, some maybe they're talking about another ministry. Maybe they're talking about someone within their own ministry. Peter writes this, and he took it from Psalm 34. He writes this, 1 Peter 3.10. He says, whoever, so that includes all of us, whoever would love life or enjoy life and see good days, God's favor, God's blessing, must, must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Now, usually when I think of somebody wrecking their life, I think of drugs, some alcohol abuse, uh, maybe violence, uh, maybe anger issue out of control, Uh, Yeah, and and all that will probably wreck your life, immorality. But the Bible here says that evil speech, deceitful speech, will forfeit the blessing of God in our lives. Talking negative about someone was derogatory about someone. And, of course, James, Jesus' half-brother, writes this, chapter 1, verse 26, if anyone considers himself religious, okay, how would I think someone is religious? Well, someone that goes to church, someone that reads their Bible, Someone that's in praise and someone that's involved in ministry. I mean, I mean that in a good way. I'm not being, you know, derogatory about that. Someone who's religious. Anyone who considers himself religion, religious and does not control his tongue deceives himself and his religion is worthless. So that means I can participate in all the aspects of ministry. And yet because I don't control my tongue, in God's eyes, everything that I'm doing is worthless. So, when I stand before God, God can say, All right, Michael, that's great. You've been pastoring that church for all those years in New York, and, and uh, you preached those sermons, and that's marvelous, and you did those altar calls, but you used your tongue in such a bad way that really, when I have to put it on a scoreboard, it's worthless. You, you've been deceived because you did religious things. You know, sometimes gifting and skills can impress us, and we want gifted and skilled people, skilled people in the ministry but gifted in skills might get you in the room, but it's your character that keeps you in the room. And it's your tongue that really demonstrates what kind of godly character that you have. And you can be so gifted and skilled, but if you can't control the tongue, man, that hurts God, that hurts the people around you. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And some people say, well, you know, I just I just like to, and especially with posting and, and texting and, and blogging and all the social media uh, uh, things we have available, We have to worry about what we're saying, because sometimes we say, well, you know, I'm just just giving my opinion. Okay, but does your opinion build up, or does your opinion tear down? This doesn't happen in Chicago, but it happens in in Brooklyn, Queens. (laughs) We had a guy that every Monday would post all these things. He never said it was Christ Tabernacle, but he just posted a lot of things about the church. And he would talk about the church, and he would just criticize the church. And he was a young guy, and I'm saying, you know, who made you bishop? Who, who, Who put you in such a place that you can criticize the body of Christ. You know, if you've been around the block a few times, maybe, and if you do it in a loving, beneficial, and edifying way, maybe. But this guy felt that God called him to just criticize the church of Jesus Christ. And he was just, you know, giving his opinion. Okay, but does your opinion benefit anyone? Is it uplifting? Well, you know, I just speak my mind, okay? But the Bible says you need a renewed mind, so let's put that in perspective. No, hey, here's the best one. Well, I just like to tell the truth. But the Bible says you tell the truth in love. You know, Pastor Thelita, I've talked about this in the past. Uh, being right is not a fruit of the Spirit, but being kind is. Being kind is. Yeah. Moses was a great leader, right? I mean, the Bible says he was the humblest of all men. Um, and he did some amazing things i mean he saw the, the the movement of god in a way that was just unimaginable i hope they have that all on dvd when we get up there in Seattle or netflix or whatever they have up in heaven but you know i mean sea splitting and food coming from heaven and fire on a mountain and um, and he he saw he was in the presence of god his face was changed um, so he was a great leader but at one point he 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 lost his temper got mad at the people in numbers 20 And uh, he was supposed to speak to the rock to give the people water. Instead, instead he yelled at the people and hit the rock twice. You probably remember the story. And when you read the account in in Psalm 106, it says he spoke foolishly. Now, we're going to see Moses in heaven. I mean, he met Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, so we know that's going to happen. But he lost out on the favor and the blessing that God wanted him to experience when he came in the land. Why? Because he committed adultery? No. Because he got drunk? No because he couldn't control his tongue. And it's something that sometimes it just, you know, slips by. The, the rest of Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, Li- death and, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And it says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So there's results of how I use my tongue. Either I'm going to have good fruit, sweet fruit, refreshing fruit, or I'm going to have toxic fruit, rotten fruit, spoiled fruit. And, and, and to all of us here, in here, for the most part, we probably speak really well. But then, you know, we get in our cars, or we get home, and we might say things that um, are not beneficial to our spouses, to our children, um, to, um, to the family that we, we, we love. Um, oftentimes I find that we, we don't speak as nice as we should, usually to the people closest to us. We take on a liberty that we can just say things that uh, are not right, and then you wonder why there's some bitter fruit in the house or in the family. and. Um, you know, I think it's safe enough to say that you'll see the fruit in your life by the way you speak, by the way you talk. Jesus was talking to some religious people, and he said in Matthew 12, he said that we will give an account for every careless word we speak. Verse 34. And then in verse 37, he said, and by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, by, and by your, and by your words you will be condemned. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church, and again, this is to believers, He writes, do everything, and whenever I hear that, I say, oh, God, everything? Do everything without complaining, without whining, everything. Writing to believers. Why? Here's why. And and this is what we should want. Why? So that we may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which we shine like stars. That was written around 60 A.D. God already knew there was a crooked and depraved generation. We live in a crooked and depraved generation. But God's goal for, for Chicago Tabernacle is to shine like stars. On this block, you should be that giant light that shines. God wants us to shine. Remember, stars, you only see them in the dark. In the, in the, in the background of blackness you see a star. All right, so our world is black. The big apple is rotten. I get that, right? But God wants us to shine. And Paul says, well, when you, you can shine when you don't complain, when you don't whine. I was, uh, Marie and I were standing in the gap, not in prayer, but in the store. the gap. <laughs> I just don't want you to think we're very spiritual. <clears throat> and we we're standing in the gap, waiting on line, we we're buying some kids' uh, clothes for our grandkids. And um, it was a line, a long line, and um, I noticed this woman getting ahead of everybody and slipping between two. Tables where they had all the clothes, and she had this look on, like, Yeah, say something. Say something. <laughs> there you. Go. And everything in me, sharing myself here, everything in me wanted to say, Excuse me, there's a line here, right? You, I know you see the line, and you're just getting ahead. But before I can open my mouth, someone said, Oh, Pastor Derso, how are you? <laughs> <clears throat> and there's this woman standing with a child, and she goes, you don't remember me. I said, no, I'm so sorry. I'm old. I always use that excuse. I'm old. I don't. And she goes, well, I go to the Spanish campus with Pastor Lorenzo. I said, oh, that's great. And So we started this conversation. She was telling us she came from Colombia and she loves the church and la da 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 And I was thinking, boy, a second sooner, if she didn't open up her mouth and say, oh, hola, Pastor Durso, que tal? If she didn't say that, I would have been open to my mouth and then I would have been an embarrassment to her as a member of my church. God spared me. Our tongue is so important, we have to worry about what we say. In fact, I'll tell you this, um, if you want to ever hurt a minister of church, just just gossip. Remember in Numbers 12, there's uh, people of God are moving and God wants to take them on to the, the promised land. And um, Miriam and Aaron, which was Moses' older brother and sister began to complain about Moses, that God only speaks to him. And you know some people want to rise up, and so they make those comments. They also made a comment about his wife, because she was a Cushite. And um, my opinion, most commentators believe that Moses' first wife was a Midianite, and she passed away. So Moses remarried, and she was a Cushite, which means she was of a darker color. She was black. And so they're complaining about his new black wife, or they're complaining about him uh, being the only one that speaks to God. But when you read Numbers 12 and you get to verse 15, it says, and the people of God could not move on. Do you realize it wasn't wasn't the Philistines or the Canaanites that kept them from moving on? It wasn't the Red Sea. It wasn't Egypt. It was two people that were close to him, using their tongue in an unbeneficial, discouraging way. And that's why, guys, it's so important that we talk right in our homes that we say the right things, we say the things that build up. <clears throat> I don't know how it is in Chicago, but how many people have a pet? Dog, cats, right? Okay. Um, I have a neighbor next door to me that has a dog, and their door is always open in the backyard. And every morning I hear her say, oh, hi, honey. Hi. Hi, mommy's here. How are you? You want breakfast? You want breakfast? You know, she goes through this whole thing real sweet. This is a true story. You can ask my wife. And then her husband yells out, Marie, Marie, where are you? And she yells back, I'm outside. Like she talks to her dog better than she talks to her husband. Some of us do that. (laughs) Some of us do that. You know, I noticed that in Joseph's life, his brother did him bad. His brothers did him bad. And Genesis, he never complained about them. David never complained about Saul. Daniel never complained about being kidnapped. Esther never complained about being put into a forced arranged marriage, or Paul, or Timothy, or, or Silas, or Titus. No complaints. That's why God used their words that we're still reading today to help us to benefit us. We need to we need to ask God to help us to speak life. Well, you know, Pastor so that's that's just not. And I'm not talking about flattery because that doesn't help anybody. Um, but words of encouragement. Well, that's. That's just not me. You know, I'm not that kind of guy or that kind of girl. Yes, you are. You can be all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's what the Bible says. So those areas that we feel is just not us, God can help us get out of. Just you know, the Bible speaks about twice in Hebrews three and Hebrews ten that we're supposed to encourage one another daily. Encourage one another. uh, The staff here and the ministry and you know, to to hear words of encouragement is so is so helpful. Um, you, you probably remember the story. My wife has a great sermon on this in Second Samuel six, uh, when David was, um, you know, David was a musician. He was a worship leader. You know, what I mean, he was just an incredible gifted guy. And so when they were bringing the ark, and remember, he's dancing, he's you know up on the having a great time worshiping the Lord, and his wife's looking from a window, and she criticizes him. Guys never criticize anybody else's worship. They may not do it like you. But if they're worshiping God, leave it alone. Because listen, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Miguel criticized her husband's worship, and the Bible says she was barren for the rest of her life. We, we forfeit life that God wants us to have in our, in our homes, in our ministry, when we use our tongues the right way, but when we use it the wrong way, you know, I mean, to every married couple, you want to irrigate your marriage. You know, the first marriage that was ever performed was performed in the Garden of Eden. The word Eden means delight, and every garden needs to be irrigated. You want to irrigate your garden so there's a lot of fruit. Use words that encourage. Use words that are uplifting one another. Get at it. Well, you know, I heard my father talk to my mom. I'm like, well, get past that. Let God change the way we speak. Pastor Pastor Toledo alluded to the the, uh, feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000 is written in all four Gospels. The feeding of the 4,000 is written in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So that's seven times the Bible records this feeding of the multitudes with insufficient funds. I found out that whenever the Bible addresses something more than once, we need to think twice about what it says. Whenever the Bible addresses something more than once, think twice about what it says. Here's seven times of they faced the need and there was not enough resources. And what did they do? And the disciples they complained, oh, we only have five loaves, two fishes, and they saw it as being an impossible situation. But they brought what they had to Jesus, and then he thanked God for it. And then as a result of him thanking God, the miracle happened. Just like before when Pastor Toledo led us into just beginning to praise God, I would say this to you that. Whenever you get paid, whenever you get your paycheck or your apartment or your house or your car, whatever you have, instead of complaining, just begin to thank God and give God praise. And watch how God will bless you. Watch how the favor of God will come upon you. It changes anything. It changes everything when you give God thanks. And, you know, there's, 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 there's plenty of... Uh, scriptures about you know when Paul and Silas was in the prison they began to sing praises to God and God opened up the prison and everyone was let free. It's amazing what our words can do. It's amazing how we could and, and, and we gotta be careful because sometimes we might say a, a criticism or a comment and then we say, well I was only kidding. We try to cover it up with the fact that I was only kidding. Proverbs 26 18, 19 talks about it. it's like shooting arrows of fire into someone When you say something and then say, I was only joking. Um, Be it to our spouses, be it to our brothers and sisters. Well, Pastor Dursey, you're making a big thing out of this. Song of Solomon 2.15, it's the little foxes that ruin the vine, that ruin the fruitfulness. Ecclesiastes 10.1 says, one fly ruins the ointment. Just just one fly, one comment, one statement can just ruin everything that God so wants us to have. you probably didn't know about it, but two years ago, there was a, and it really hit me hard, there was a young boy named Fitzpatrick, David Fitzpatrick, and he lived in Staten Island. He went to parochial school, and, uh, and I went to parochial school for 12 years, so kind of maybe there was a connection. I had the Sisters of Mercy that had no mercy. They beat you, they beat you. The Christian brothers were not Christian at all. They would just beat you. But I, I understood the protocol of parochial school, and this young boy, 14 years old, hung himself in his bedroom, and his younger sister found him. And when they, when, they, when they tried to investigate, they found out that in parochial school, he was bullied. Words. He was never beaten up, never hit by anyone. But just words caused this young, handsome, little, vibrant kid to hang himself. And in the news, there's Michelle Carter, who just got indicted for a voluntary, involuntary manslaughter because her and her boyfriend had a relationship through texting. Um, And she convinced him to commit suicide through texting, through texting. It's amazing what our words can do. It's amazing what can be said with our words and how we can just hurt people. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for us. I want our words to edify, to build up, to encourage. So I'm going to ask Pastor Toledo to come and pray. But can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, please? The singers are going to come, and we're going to leave this place singing. But just maybe there's someone here that you know what you're not in the right place with God. Pastor Delito alluded to it. 42 years ago, um, we gave our lives to Christ. And the day someone invited us to church, I had drugs in my pocket. We were living with one another. We were immoral. We were reckless. And then a pastor in a tiny little church made an altar call. And not knowing what was going to happen next, Maria and I went up and accepted Christ. And our lives have never been the same. God not only saved us 42 years ago, he kept us for 42 years. And just maybe this morning, real quick, you might say, you know what, Pastor Durso, I'm not in the place I should be with God. And I'd I'd just like you to remember your prayer. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, just lift up your hand and put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you, thank you. I'm gonna pray for you, and please, after the meeting, you make sure you get up to one of these pastors and you tell them, hey, I was just one of the ones that lifted my hands. Lord, I pray for every hand that went up, And I thank you for them. I thank you they were so honest. I thank you for their courage. And I pray, oh God, you reveal yourself to them like never before. Let them know your love. Let them know your grace. Let them know your mercy. And I pray, oh God, they'll become men and women of God. And they'll do your work like never before in Christ's name. Now keep your head bowed as Pastor Toledo comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, this message was a message really about our hearts. Because whatever is flowing out of your mouth, that is a revelation of what resides deep inside the core of who you are, who I am. And um, when you hear a message like this, when you read verses like this, it's so important to make sure, just like Maria was saying on Friday, it's so important to make sure that this message goes past just being true in your mind. A message like this has to get down deep into your heart because when it comes to changing what comes out of your mouth, that changes at the heart level. And what's so powerful about this is that the more we edify, the more blessing falls upon our lives. Because God blesses that mouth. That blesses, and so I want to pray today. We have a lot of, we've got plenty of time. Uh, there aren't, you know, tons of Sundays that we can actually take some time, get in the presence of God, and build an altar to Him. We've got some time today. We've got some time to say, Lord, I want you to to do a heart scan. Lord, I want you to. To, uh, to search my heart today. And I want you to, to work on my heart, oh God, so that as you work on my heart, you'll also be working on my words. And today, Lord, I want to invite you to begin something deep and something powerful, oh God. I wanna I want to change, I want to grow. I want my mouth to be a fountain of life. Whatever you got to do, Lord, make my mountain, my mouth, a, mount, a fountain of life. And that's why we come boldly to the throne of grace today. We want to we see you do something great, oh God. We're going to begin to sing day and night, night and day. Let incense arise. Let our mouth be like a sacrifice, like the evening sacrifice, the Bible says. But as I do that, because we do have time, if you're here today and you're like, you know what, I haven't been to the altar and put my heart on the altar in a while, today is the day to do it because we've got some time and we've got staff and teams. We're going to, we'll all pray together. So as we begin to sing, just slip out of your seat and come. Hallelujah, lift your hands day and night night and day
3: let incense
2: arise day and night night and day let incense arise day and night night and day let incense
3: arise
2: day come on night, slip out of your seat and night come and let's, let's build an day altar day today at the altar sunrise. day and Day and
3: night, night and day, let
2: incense
3: arise. Day and night, night and d- Come day. Come on, slip let out, get nice and close so to the front, rise. there's plenty of room. Slip over day here. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense hallelujah.
2: close your eyes for a moment every eye just close your eyes a word like this in most every case begins with repentance it begins with us stopping and and acknowledging that the Word of God is true And that God's ways are correct and right. And that there are things that are pleasing to God and there are things that are displeasing to God. And so a message like this begins with us asking God to forgive us and to asking for the grace. We want to turn away from lashing out in some cases or from grumbling or complaining. However the Holy Spirit dealt with you, whatever check there was, it's okay. The whenever we repent, repentance is a moment of victory for us. When we say, "Lord, forgive me, God." Lord, forgive me. Wash me with your blood. Wash out any bitter, unholy. Oh God, root of of unwholesome talk. So let's just take a moment. Let's ask the Lord to clean out our hearts. Hallelujah. We wanna repent right now. Forgive us, forgive us, Lord. Plead the blood of Jesus over our mouths and over our hearts today, O oh God. Forgive us for unwholesome talk, for impure talk, oh God, for arguing, for uh, complaining, for, for false accusations, O oh God, for, for hurtful words, O oh God, for words that don't edify, for gossip. Forgive us, cleanse us. God, cleanse us all, cleanse our church, O oh God from any type of talk that is not pleasing to you, God. From top to bottom, oh God, wash us clean today, oh God. God, forgive us for not talking correctly, especially to those who are closest to us. In our most important relationships, God, would you forgive us and would you cleanse every unwholesome, unholy, oh God, word that has, been, has come out of us, oh God. Thank you. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning, oh God. Thank you that with you there is cleansing and forgiveness and mercy. Thank you, Lord. now here's how we're gonna pray I want you to take the hand of the person next to you we're gonna pray one for another make our mouths a fountain of life now come on make our mouths God by your mighty power by your mighty power by your mighty power hallelujah come on everyone pray for someone open your mouth begin by praying out loud for somebody today do the heart surgery pour out your spirit today, O oh
0: God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, O oh God pour out life, O oh God life, we pray for life make us fountains of life and encouragement and strength and hope and help, O oh
2: God move today by your mighty power, O oh God
0: For surgery right now. We pray for transformation right now. Change us. Change us by the power of the Holy Spirit, oh God.
2: Make us a blessing. God, give us, oh God, mouths that bless, that edify, that encourage, that help, that strengthen, oh God. God, we pray, come on to the left, make my brother, my sister shine like a star
0: wherever they go, oh God. We want to shine like stars, oh God.
2: Come on, lift up your neighbor's hand. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and
3: day.
2: we praise you lord come on let's practice right now practice we bless you lord open your mouth we praise you lord Lord, for your word today that has been a message to our church, a message to our hearts and our homes, a message to our families. We thank you. We thank you, God, for the work of change that you're beginning in our lives, oh God. We love you, God, and we thank you Lord, as we go, we want, we want to ask you, Lord, that you would continue to work so that every word of our mouth, every meditation of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, oh God. Bless your people as they go. Let this be a, a sweet day of communion today for all of us. Regardless of errands that may need to be run or Where, Lord, regardless of just going home and spending time with you, I pray, Father God, that this would be a a beautiful Lord's Day. Because we spend time with you, Lord, and and we feast off of the word, oh God, and off of the work that the Spirit is doing in our lives. Bless your people as they go in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Let's put our hands together and bless it.